it doesn't really matter who it is. I mean, you look at a David or Samuel or an Abraham, and these are all great men in our estimation. But it doesn't matter who it is. If God is with us, then people around us will say, let me go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. I like to try to disarm myself of this notion that God only works with these great men in the past. But, you know, you look on a prayer meeting like this, and sometimes I just like to to scan over the, the faces and think about the various individuals that we have come to learn and understand uh, and and love. And the Lord can use every single one of us. I mean, I'm looking at us. The Lord can use every single last one of us. And, you know, it says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 26, it says, uh, For you see your calling. We have a calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world or the humble things and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, or nothing, or nobodies, to bring to naught things that are. Nice little play on words there. That no flesh should glory in his presence. You know, there's a, back in 2016, if you remember, uh, those outside of the States probably don't remember or don't care. But in 2016, during that presidential race, uh, Hillary Clinton actually coined a little phrase that she let slip, and it's something that's been stuck in the consciousness of people ever since. She called uh, Trump supporters the basket of deplorables. I don't know if you remember that or not. She called them the basket of deplorables. Well, there's a sense where we're, we are God's basket of deplorables. You know, you read a passage like this in 1 Corinthians where it talks about the weak and the base and the despised and the nobodies. That's us. That's a description of us, God's basket of deplorables. And in fact, if you go back in 1 Samuel 22, um, it's really kind of interesting. If you, I'll just read it for you. But in 1 Samuel chapter 22, it talks about the men that were assembled around David. Now, David was a mighty man, but the men that were assembled around him, everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. That was David's mighty men. All the uh, all those in distress, the, those that were in debt, those that were discontented. He had the offscouring of the earth as his core men that were with him. That was his basket of deplorables. And yet we read later on that these were the mighty men of David. And you read of some of the the tremendous acts of these men. Um, 
And these were the men. And what was the difference? What made these men, the discontented, the, the ones in distress, the ones that were the outcasts, what made these men, the mighty men of God, of David? It was the Spirit of God coming upon him, coming upon David and coming upon these men. And then, of course, we think about the disciples themselves, right? You remember in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Um, I'll refresh my own memory there. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says that, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, there's your deplorables, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, what? That they had been with Jesus. That's what takes uh, that's what takes a man that is in this basket of deplorables and makes them into one where they have to give glory to God. They have to marvel. It's like that Zechariah 8 passage. We will go with you. Why? For we have heard that God is with you. These disciples, right? These disciples were hidden up in the upper room. They were fearful. They were weak. They were feeling defeated in many ways. They were fishermen. We like to think of the disciples and the various characters that they were. Just fishermen, unlearned, ignorant, not mighty. You had a tax collector among them, despised, a zealot on the opposite side. You had doubting Thomas. Yes, doubting Thomas. And then, of course, you had the women. And in, in that day, the women, especially widows, were not considered very valuable, let's just say. Um, and you had them all together there in the upper room. And, and yet, we read in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, that these deplorables turned the world upside down. And it wasn't because of anything special of themselves, obviously. It was because what happened in the early part of Acts. They were met together in that upper room, and suddenly God came upon them, just like God was with Abraham and God was with David. And God came upon those men of David to make them these heroes and God came upon these poor ignorant disciples just like us um, you know I was thinking about us and we have we have housewives here right and we've heard it before how some of you have testified you know I'm I'm just a housewife what, what can I do or you know I'm I'm timid um, my disposition is one of fearfulness. I'm shy. I'm given to depression or anxiety, some of us. Um, some of us are young, and we feel ourselves very ignorant. And, you know, what can we do? Uh, some of us are very afflicted, even physically, where we feel just so helpless. And perhaps we're 
bound up in bed or a wheelchair, and we just always need assistance. We are those that struggle maybe with an unsafe spouse, and so we feel rejected in many ways or despised. And of course, there's the brokenhearted, those that have wayward children, and we feel ourselves to be so very weak. And then, of course, the widows that are among us and those with debilitating diseases and failures in marriage and so on. There's so much about us that could categorize us as weak and despised and kind of the outcasts, the nobodies. We're the nobodies and the nothings. Well, it says here that God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And this is all possible if, big if, God is with us. In Zechariah 8, if God is with us, then it will attract other people to come with us too. That's the missing ingredient often. Is God with us? And my prayer for myself, for sure, and for all of us as a group, is that God would be with us. God would be with us. So that as we pray, we know. We don't have to try to discern. Um, we don't have to examine it, examine it with great scrutiny. And is God really in this? It'll be obvious to everyone. God is with us. Prayers are being answered. The Lord is opening doors. Only God can do this. And people are giving great glory to God. That is what we want. We don't want to just go through the motions of a prayer meeting. As good as it is, we don't want to just go through the motions. We want God to be with us. And I want God to be with me. I know you want God to be with you. It doesn't matter how weak we are. Friends, let's be encouraged. Don't believe the devil, devil's lie. He will lie to you all day long that you cannot be used of God. You cannot be one of David's mighty men. It's not true. It would be true if, if that's all we were looking at was ourselves. But if we're filled with the Spirit of God, if God's Spirit comes mightily upon us, or in the words of Zechariah 8, if God is with us, well, then we can, we can turn the world upside down as well. And I pray that we will. Pray that we will have the faith to believe that. Amen.